Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Come on. Yeehaw! Really? Come on. Yeah, that's about give, all. Give that's them what. Give them. Do. do it. Do it for the gram. Give them what they've been wanting. I just gave you one. You didn't like my yeehaw? No, it was terrible. It sounded half ass. Come on, you do better than that. Yeehaw! Welcome back, everybody. We are back, tired, worn out. We are officially past the halfway point of the week, and yeah, and, I'm going uh, to the beach tomorrow. There you go. Harvey is checking out. He is going to the beach. He is. It is five o'clock somewhere, and his somewhere is there in Thomasville, Georgia. So, it uh, is time to hit the Gulf of Mexico, huh? Yeah, it's been a long week. It has indeed. Well, getting close, really close to deer season. And uh, in addition to deer season, it occurred to me I haven't talked about this yet on the podcast. We're coming up on early teal season, buddy. Yeah, that shows how interested I am in getting in the heat and trying to fight mosquitoes to shoot a duck. To be completely honest. But I heard you're going. I'm not going. Yeah, you yeah. Go. I mean, I'm, there's not going to be. I've been out there on the on the bodies of water where I'm going, and there's not really much of a of a mosquito issue. So I'm not too concerned with that. Um, the heat is not going to be fun whatsoever. <laughs> um, I'm not looking forward to that in the slightest. But I have been told by numerous reliable sources that we have some of the best uh, early teal season in the southeast, if not the best. Uh, so I am thrilled and ready to go um but we're going to keep this intro kind of short and sweet we have uh we're going to be calling a a young lady who i reached out to and hope to get her on the show and uh, kind of continue on that trend of you know first deer hunts and kind of that interesting perspective that comes with that it's not always uh uh the most glorious or efficient but uh, sometimes those are the most interesting stories but it's not always about the big one either no, sir. It sure isn't. Most times it's not. Most times that's the furthest thing from our mind. And honestly, sometimes I wish we could get back to that and just enjoy hunting. Um, but chasing the big bucks fun too. So, but uh, before we get to that, I would like to give a quick word to both of our sponsors, both the Bow Hunter Box Club, which is our newest sponsor. If you heard the last podcast, you heard us announce it. It's been announced on Instagram. We're going to get Jason on here pretty shortly and uh, have him. We're going to do a bonus episode just like we did with Wild Edge, and we're going to have him come on the show and uh, kind of, you know, give you the what's for and, and explain who Bowhunter Bucks Club is and uh, all the different features. We're glad to have them. And this is nothing new, but uh, as always, we, we have this, we still have the support of Wild Edge Incorporated, Drew up there in Connecticut, a fine operation. If you haven't already, please go and take a look at the, the stepladder that he offers and all the different climbing accessories that he has to offer with that as well. And he should have some interesting things coming down the pipe. Well, buddy, do, do you, can you think of any important announcements that uh, we need to, to put? Oh, i tell you what. I am going to post very shortly a questionnaire-type looking post on Instagram and Facebook. That is going to be your official post to put uh, all your questions for our Q&A session on. So be on the lookout for that. Let's, uh, what do you say we get the show on the road, buddy? I guess so. Let's go. Let's go. 
Jamie, there? Hello, can you guys hear me? Oh, man. Yeah. There we go. Yay! We're getting through now. <laughs> Hold Sweet. on one second. Um, and just so you know, just so Leighton doesn't look like a creep, he's doing this via his phone, and he has, I think, an old phone, so... <laughs> My camera doesn't cam- work. Yeah, oh, so okay. I didn't want you to just think that there was some, like, <laughs> omnipresent person there. That's just kind of creepy, so... <laughs> <laughs> and Walt Walt looks a lot better on camera than I do, so oh, you know, <laughs> I dug uh dug through my Instagram post and, and saw a young lady who was just absolutely enjoying the outdoors and I think just about every aspect you can from hunting to fishing to hiking and just getting out there you can tell she had a passion and I said this is the kind of person that, that everybody likes to hear from who who just really brings something to the table that everybody would like to hear her the stories that go behind that. And we're going to kind of get to know her and talk a little bit about hunting and kind of continue that train of thought of, of the first deer kill that the first deer kill that we had. And and she's going to share with us hers. But uh, before we get to that, let's back up on the line. We have the one, the only Jamie Batchelder. Did I get that right? Sure did. Nailed it. <laughs> Boom. There it is. Podcast hello, over. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jamie, we are thrilled to have you. How are you doing this evening? I am absolutely lovely. I just had my birthday yesterday, big 2-5, so life is what? good. <laughs> well, yeah. happy birthday. Thank you. Happy belated birthday, rather. I apologize. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you. What'd you do to celebrate your birthday? Uh, actually, I went hiking. <laughs> no, there you <laughs> <Believe> go. <that. laughs> no, we had a really good time. We, um, we have two dogs, uh, Duke and Mason, so we took them out. It was actually... Duke's first mountain hike, so climbed up 1,800 feet on Mount Latetic. It's in Ashburnham, Mass. Really, really beautiful, be- beautiful views, and it was a little rough, not going to lie. He was pretty beat. I was pretty <laughs> beat, but <laughs> we did it, so. <laughs> there you go. That's fun. awesome. Yeah. The, the the tallest thing we have to climb around here is... is uh... Uh, a 200 foot pine yeah or 200 foot yeah. pine tree <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> so yeah kind of on opposite ends of the spectrum here <laughs> we are we are indeed we are indeed well jamie uh why don't uh, so everybody gets to know who they're talking to how about you kind of give us a rundown of of where you hunt you know state-wise you don't have to give us you know i hunt off of brookstone road or something but uh just kind of give them any background information that you think might be pertinent to them getting to know you. Um well, I guess the first thing I, I want everybody to know is um you know, I don't claim to know more than anybody else about anything, you know, everything that I do, I'm learning something new literally every single day whether it comes to hunting, it comes to fishing, um you know, pushing my body to its limits with hiking 1800 feet and feeling like I was going to die and then not, but Um, You know, I just, I really, really, really enjoy what I share with everybody. And, you know, I I hope that people enjoy, you know, what I'm sharing with them and, you know, just a little bit of a peek into my life and, you know, what everybody wishes that they could do, I guess. You know, I've got lots of goals, lots of dreams, and I intend on reaching them. So watch out. (laughs) There you go. Okay, so building on that, what is your goal for the 2017 deer season? Oh, so this is actually going to be my first year hunting with my very own bow. Um, my awesome mom, who we'll talk a lot about later, um, she is awesome. But she surprised me a few months ago and told me that my birthday gift this year was going to be getting a new bow. Because um, I was shooting one last year that was not quite my size. It it just wasn't quite right. But I really, really wanted to get into it and didn't quite have the money so she helped me out with it and um been out shooting every single day and I definitely intend I don't care what the mixture is but I'm my goal is three deer this year North Carolina six tags so we'll see what happens that's uh that's a lofty goal that's awesome that I mean well that's about, higher than my goal that's <laughs> that's well, higher than my goal as well <laughs> You know, I figure the only way I'm going to challenge myself is to reach a little bit further than I think I can. You know, I would have only said one, but this is my third year. So I'm I'm making that effort to know, okay, if I know that I'm out there every chance that I get, and I'm at least making the effort into getting those three deer, it will pay off 
eventually. Even if I end the season with one deer, that's a deer that's in my freezer that I get to feed myself, my husband, any of our friends, you know. That's something still to be proud of. So reach for the stars. Absolutely. I've always said, and and I've said it on previous podcasts, that I feel like everybody's goal ought to be what could happen if the perfect effort meets the perfect opportunity. And then that way you're always striving for the best that you possibly can. You're probably always going to fall short of that, but at least you tried a little harder than the average person. Exactly. Exactly. And it's just, you know, it's another stepping stone too. I mean, like I said, I've only had my bow for a few months. I'm still you know, learning the tweaks and everything like that and, you know, learning how my body is when I shoot my bow. So anything that I do this year is an accomplishment. You know, even if I take a hundred shots at deer and miss every single one of them, I'm still out there at live targets, you know, trying to sustain food for my family. So, yeah. Absolutely. So let's let's back. I want to continue on that. But before we get too far down that, that route, I kind of want to backtrace just a little bit. Mm-hmm. You are getting into this now. You mentioned a minute ago this is year three for you. What's the what has been your outdoors background up until this point? Did you were you born into a hunting environment and just didn't you know come into it till later or? Yeah, um, I actually was not born into uh, any sort of really hunting or fishing. Um, we did a lot of camping and stuff. You know we. We enjoyed the outdoors, but it wasn't anything, um, you know, along the lines of, you know, harvesting deer or, you know, harvesting turkey or catching fish or anything like that. Um, It was probably about five or six years ago. um, I had a friend from way, way, way back that is also into hunting and everything, and um, he actually brought me out. I sat with him. Um, We saw tracks from a mountain lion. Um, he harvested a doe that night and, um, I believe we saw a mama bear out there that night. So that was pretty cool. Um, kind of got to experience the whole thing, you know, just from knowing where you're sitting, where the deer are going to be coming in through. Um, they field dressed it out there. I actually got to hold one of the legs of the deer up while he did it. Um, one of the guys that he was hunting. Sorry guys, we, we had a little bit of a technical difficulty there. The internet came and went. But we are back. The connection is strong and all is well. Jamie, you you were kind of telling us about how you you did a little camping as in, in your oh my goodness younger years. Jamie, you were... <laughs> <laughs> y'all Walt is struggling today. It's bad. We're having a now good time to... now. That's all that matters. It's good. No, it's cool. It's cool. And this is a podcast. I can record. I can edit all this out. You ain't gonna edit um, all this out. Probably not. Probably not. Like a bitch of five dollars. <laughs> um, you you were telling us about how you you started out with your outdoor experience being like a, kind of a camping type adventure. Yeah, so lots of camping when we were younger. Um, other than that, though, I uh, never really fished, never really hunted. Not until you know maybe about five years ago. Um, friend of mine took me out hunting, and um got to experience that with him from, you know, scouting out the spot we were going to sit to actually um, successfully harvesting a doe that night, kind of learned the ropes for how to um, field dress a deer, and it kind of sold me. I was like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. You know, actually physically seeing somebody harvest a deer and know that that's going to go into their freezer and feed their friends and their family like that is it's the coolest thing it makes you just not want to eat store-bought meat anymore it freaks me out (laughs) i'm not gonna lie to you (laughs) (laughs) okay so i want to build on that because that's kind of a neat a neat um perspective yeah yeah i've never i've never seen someone uh who's introduced to that the first time leighton you can interject if if you have i've never experienced someone who has been fully immersed in that situation of field dressing and seeing the, let's call it the raw behind the scenes of what happens after you kill a deer and actually think it was awesome. What about, was it just a, was it a connection of this is where meat comes from and then how clean the meat was? What was so, if you don't mind me putting you on the spot, what was so appealing about that moment or that period of time? I guess with the fact that 
you know, my first time actually out experiencing what it's like to be hunting. I was in amazement to begin with. I mean, we saw little critters everywhere. Just the serenity of being in the woods alone is an experience in and of itself. Um, But I think the thing that sold me was just knowing that 25, 30 minutes ago, that deer was walking by us. Like, the chances of that even happening, like, let's be real, how likely is that to happen? I mean, as hunters, we know that you can go out and sit in the stand for, you know, weeks on end and not see anything. It happens. So the fact that I was able to see something living and breathing, I was able to see somebody take a successful shot, one shot, drop their deer, and literally from start to finish, know what went into that. It's just the connection that you have is, it's not what people expect it to be. I mean, I know hunters are kind of on blast lately, it seems like. Um, You know, they, I, I personally think they just, they don't understand. And it drives me crazy because it's the people that have never been out to experience something like that are the ones that jump down somebody else's throat to be like, you're wrong. This is how it should be done. Or, you know, you know, the name calling and, you know, we're murderers and this, that, and the, you don't, you just, you don't understand that connection that you're the first human hands to have touched that, to touch that animal. That is unbelievable to me. How How can you not love that? And I agree with you on that. There's a lot of people out there that, that are quick to judge mm-hmm. in more ways than one, but especially people that have never been around it. And Walt understands where I'm coming from on this. Um, yeah, it, it, it's it's amazing how quick you can, by showing somebody fishing or, or even just shooting <laughs> a gun, for example, mm-hmm. n- you know, growing up completely, not necessarily anti-gun, but scared out of their mind of a gun, what, how quickly you can put one in their hands and teach them the right way to do it. And they enjoy it. Exactly. They're still scared of it, but they enjoy it. And and that's just, if people would just give it a chance, you don't have to like it, but you don't have to be quick to judge either. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, I think that's a huge problem lately is as far as anything goes, I mean, whether it be hunting or politics or religion or this, that, that, that's my personal belief as to what's wrong with America nowadays. Like the number one issue has got to be how fast we are to judge people over something that we know nothing about ourselves. If you all it takes is a question. That's what blows my mind. It's so simple just to be like, why do you do that? Well that's the thing that gets me is like uh like people just think you go to a store and buy meat and I don't know, Walt, would you agree with me? 90 years ago, 100 years ago, that wasn't the case. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you couldn't just walk uh, into a yeah, store. Yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been a couple generations. It's I mean, only but, been a few generations that, that have, yeah. Early early 1920s is when processed meats and, and, and grocery stores were even able to be a thing because, uh, you know, refrigeration. you got to think about refrigeration. That didn't occur right. until, you know, the late 40s. I think um, early fifties. So before that, you could only keep something fresh if you could put it on ice that was shipped across the world. You know, it's cut up north and put on railroad cars that were poorly insulated uh, by today's standards and shipped down. That was ice. You only got that if you were far close enough to that chain. So well, that's yes, what I'm saying. And like in 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 sixty years, people have forgotten where their food came from. Yeah, just that quick. Well, you know, we have. I've said on previous podcasts, you know, first, Jamie, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I mean, just absolutely, I agree with you that there is a there is a misconception and a lack of understanding mm-hmm. with other communities. I'm not, I don't know how to, I'm going to just call them the 80% yeah. that's in the middle. You have your 10% your hunt, 10% that don't, the 80% in the middle. There's a, there's a, a lack of understanding actually between them and the far right 10% crazies. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, I think... I think if it, it it comes down to ever since the 20s, we have begun to, like the, the dawn of the Industrial Revolution with canned meats and things of that nature, 
you know, we have increasingly written bigger and bigger checks to be further removed from the food process. And I don't think it came from an, ew, I don't want to be a part of that, but the convenience, convenience. of being able to go and, yes, exactly, you can go buy a chicken instead of uh, having to raise the chicken and clean the chicken and all that prep work that goes into it. It was a convenience factor that now has, has uh, uh, by multiple generations down, we've lost that connection. And I really think... Uh, I really think that the connection that can be made, I'm sorry, it's really not a connection that's made. I, I really think it's exposure is the problem. My wife was not, um, she wasn't anti-hunting, but she did not have a favorable opinion of hunting. And, and I completely well, agree. I completely understand that. Well, and I've had I a too. few friends and, that, and are, honestly, that are like too. that. Yep. And, and, and I can't blame them at all. I don't blame anybody who has a, a, a I don't have anybody. I don't blame anybody who has a poor view of hunting today, who who hasn't had an open conversation with with someone like yourself, me, or Layton. And the reason for that is there are ample examples of waste and abuse and uh, numerous poaching stories that make it in the newspaper that we are not representing the conservation hunting community as we should, and that and that's our fault. That's entirely our fault. The only time that I'll fault somebody is when you make that decision without connecting with that person. And this is more important. You know, this is a, a societal problem that we have that, you know, we don't have to get into that. But there are people making assumptions on a day-to-day life that they understand the depth of an issue without fully getting immersed in that issue with people who are connected to it. And we're making decisions that we don't have the the, the education to understand the depth of that problem. And that's what's, that's what's happening. And, and I'd like to, to praise you for your efforts because there's not a single thing that I have seen on your Instagram. You've got 2,900 followers. You, your, your exposure to people has got to be in the thousands, tens of thousands. You have always embodied the type of hunter that we need to represent. I just want to thank you for doing that because that's just so important, especially as a female entering this, you have such an impact on a group that we desperately need to, to include in, in our community. So yeah. And how you, how you got 2,900 followers. I don't know, but kudos to you. I couldn't do that by myself. (laughs) (laughs) It's, it's been a long, long, long time. So (laughs) hey, that's okay. That's okay. So we, we got kind of deep there and uh, you know, intellectual philosophical maybe (laughs) those are the right words you know i think that's something that's important to talk about too i mean just seeing the negativity i mean for example that female that just killed herself not that long ago over messages she was receiving from people like what makes you think it's okay to treat people that way over a decision that they made for their life that you have nothing to do with it's right. it blows my mind and I mean I could go on and on for days but um, when I was in college I have an associate's degree in um, human services actually and in our um, what the heck was it it was like a socially economic type class so like um, oh what the heck was it anywho sociology just, by chance? yeah it was sociology nailed it. It's been a a few years, but that's okay. I got you. But um, no, that was one thing that, you know, they actually talk about a lot is the fact that, you know, how quickly something can roll into something else just because of what one person says about something. And we're like sheep, you know, you see or hear somebody saying one thing about something and then everybody starts saying and hearing and doing and saying the same things and then there's one person that makes a different statement or has a different opinion about it. And it's like all of a sudden they're the black sheep for no reason. It's, it's just crazy. Well, for anybody who may not be familiar with the story that she referenced, there was a, uh, I think she was a Swiss hunter, uh, had a very popular following. She was Swiss, Netherlands, something like that in Europe, um, had a very big following. And I think she went on an African safari or something like that and received just an overwhelming amount of, of hatred and death threats and you should kill yourself. And unfortunately she succumbed to those pressures and took her own life. And, um, it's terrible. It's a terrible situation. I I just, you know, it, 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 it pains me so much when you see the, the, the outliers and that's what they truly are. The antis that, 
you know, they post things like this guy's holding a deer head and he's like, oh, you should die. You know, it's, you know, there's such a disconnect that happens there. Mm-hmm. If, if they're animals and we have to be animals as well, we, we are part of that food chain. We're part, we have a, a spot on the zoological uh, charts. We, we are an animal. So if killing that animal is bad, then wishing that that person would be killed by another person should be equally as bad. And there's just, a, there's a, a self-defeating hypocritical thread that just, We've got to root out, and honestly, it starts with us. We've got to get out there and start mm-hmm. exposing what we're doing. Real um, life. Why we do what we do. Why Why right. we're proud of that, you know? Right, right. And talking to people. You know, we there's kind of this mentality of, well, this is my God-given right, and I'm never going to stop. Well, okay, here's the deal. Okay, those are your beliefs. That's great. However, we have a society that is not responsive to... Um, inactive beliefs we are we are a an, an, a society where the 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 most vocal and the biggest group should mm-hmm. win in an ideal situation so if you if you sit there on your front porch rocking drinking drinking your tea saying oh well all those hippies in new york they're never going to have any effect on me well they are because they're out there doing something they're not having these open honest conversations with people mm-hmm. and, and we've got to get out there and, and have and you're not going to win over the antis very often. I have I have kind of nudged some of them to feel differently through lengthy conversations. Mm-hmm. But what we have to win is that eighty percent, the people in the middle who are seeing our pro- posts for the first time and making and making their first decision about hunting. Yep. So completely agree. With but uh, so let's let's get on to something that's a little more hot, happy, maybe a little little less uh, mentally taxing. <laughs> um, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about, you know, you, you started bow hunting this year, or no, three years ago, right? Uh, actually, my first year, um, I went out with a with a rifle the first time, right? And then, okay, okay. yeah, okay, kind of been so, a little bit around everything, I guess. <laughs> that's fine. I started out with a rifle too, so there's there's no harm there, no foul. Yeah. Um, one of Layton's favorite. That's one of Layton's favorite uh, ways of hunting, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's because that's um, what my properties are set up for. There you go. Yeah. Yep. There's no explanation needed, buddy. There's no need to. Yeah, I didn't say oh, that I know, to I'm make you saying. feel like you had to explain. Okay. Okay. Um, but what I would love to do is I would kind of like you to take us back down memory lane and tell us about the first time that your hands were the ones responsible for taking the life of the animal and cleaning it and that whole process and. Um, I'd love if you'd start as far back as as the anything that's that's relevant. The backstory, if it's relevant, any invitations you got to go hunt, whatever may be unique to that story. Please just feel free to share. All right. Well, um, like I said, it was uh, three years ago. It was actually October, the week of October eighteenth, twenty fifteen. So, real quick background: um, my mom's. My mom and her husband, actually, <clears throat> my stepdad, who is awesome, um, he's pretty much the one that's, like, really introduced me into hunting. Um, they've been married for four years. Oh, my gosh. Don't kill me, Mom, if I'm wrong. But um, <laughs> so he was like, well, every year um, we take a trip down to North Carolina, which conveniently was where I was living at the time. Um and they take a week, and they go to um, Carolina Woods and Water, actually. Um, it's out in Scotland Neck, and they have a bunch of different leases and stuff that they have access to. Um, and they, you know, have different management days and things like that. But you can bring a rifle. You can shoot with a bow. Um, but they take you out to your stand and whole guided thing, everything. It's so much fun. If anybody is looking for somewhere in North Carolina, I highly, highly recommend them. Um, so he was like, you know, um, I'd love to have you guys come out. My husband and myself, um, my husband, Jeremy is actually very new into hunting as well. So this is really fun to have somebody on the newbie level with me experiencing all these firsts at the same time. Um, so anyway, before I get too sidetracked, but so of course we accepted and, um, we got up there. We were, let's see, two hours away. My husband was in the military, so we were already down um, near Fort Bragg, North Carolina. A couple-hour drive for us, but we went out there and um, 
Sunday, um, we figured out what we were all going to be doing for shooting. Um, like I said, it was kind of my first actual time going hunting, so I didn't have a rifle. I didn't have a bow. None of those things. So they made sure they brought extra. Um, I was using my mom's Remington 270 rifle um, to get all sighted in. That was the one I was using all week. Um, so they took us out to this really cool little, like, backyard shooting range thing, and they actually, like, they sighted your um, rifle in for you just to make sure it was on point, but they kind of, like, showed you what they were doing the whole time, and then um, you got to take your shots and everything like that. So got all settled in and everything, and here we go Monday, right? So my mom had gone the year before with Rand, which is my stepdad. I don't know if I said that's what his name was or, yet, or not yet. But um, so she had gone one year before, and she wanted so, so bad to go out into a stand with me. And I was like, well, I am a little nervous. It's pitch black in the morning when we're walking out there. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So my first... I wouldn't admit that if I was on the other end of this. So the fact that you just oh, yeah. volunteered that, that's I'm awesome. There you go. Like <laughs> I love being out in the woods, don't get me wrong. But that first time having to walk out there, like the thought of going by myself, even with my rifle with me, I was like, I don't know if I can I don't know if I'm mentally prepared for this. But it was cool because I had my mom. My mom is awesome. Um, I told you I'd be talking about her a whole lot later. <laughs> so we get out there, and we're in, like, this little box blind on these two corner trails. We have our corn pile out in front of us and this long, 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 long trail off to the right. And we had this absolutely beautiful six-point buck walk out, and neither of us were situated. We were not ready. We didn't even hear him, see him coming, nothing, and totally completely blew it. <laughs> it was a fail epic fail so we spent the rest of the morning laughing and everything and um went back to the camp and everything um i don't remember if anybody had gotten anything yet or not but round two was later that afternoon so that monday was the day best day of my entire life <laughs> Well, next to next Aside to from your wedding day, marriage. right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> so, um, so they actually brought us out to the backside of an old peanut field that time, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, right up the road from where we stayed, there's like this guy's farm and all these peanut fields, and they had just I believe I don't really know what they do with peanuts if they like till them or something but they had just done it so it was like all dusty and old peanuts everywhere and it, it was pretty cool I'm not gonna lie the views were absolutely beautiful and if anybody's been following me for a long time I have pictures way 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 back down there of it um but so we got out there we got all situated and everything still with my mom and um it it was a pretty pretty boring afternoon um it was like 80 degrees I think that day so it was well by that point it was about 80 degrees but it had gotten up into the 90s hot earlier <laughs> and um so we were like well this ought to be fun like we're up at the um edge of the woods and we're just kind of hanging out and actually <laughs> um I don't know if either of you guys have ever done this but if you take a panoramic picture on your phone and you have a person that's sitting still, it, like, distorts their face really, really bad. <laughs> so we're, like, sitting there in the stand, and I'm like, oh, this is such an awesome picture. And, of course, we're at this point now. We're not paying attention. We were so bored. And we zoomed in on it, and my mom's face was completely flat. Like, she did not have a nose, nothing. I was like, I can't put this up anywhere. <laughs> but... So we're sitting there and laughing, and all of a sudden, I heard some branches cracking, and I was like, all right, game time. Here we go. Look over to our right, and there was a doe coming out. Okay, okay. I want to I wanna pause you just for a second. Okay. When you, when you heard the cracking, did you know at that point in your heart, or were you, or were you thinking, oh, that's probably another squirrel? Ooh, I was... 
praying so hard it was okay. <laughs> I was praying so hard for a deer. I was expecting a squirrel or at least just to hear like something falling or something. But no, it crackled and we just kinda looked over and there she was. Or so we thought. We'll get into that in a second. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna actually rewind take a step back here. Um my first harvest was very um, emotional and very, uh, I guess, not something that I would hope to repeat. We'll leave it at that for now. <laughs> so, forewarning. Right. Um, so, of course, first time out, we hear the cracking and the deer walks out. We thought it was a doe. Sat there for a while watching it. She was at probably between 110, 120 yards from where we were sitting. And um, so we're looking through the binoculars, and in North Carolina, you get six tags. You can get three bucks um, and, oh, my gosh, my math, three bucks and <laughs> three dough. And so I was like, okay, cool. It's not – it's the management day it permitted us to harvest a dough. So I was like, cool. This is going to be awesome. So we sat there for a while, got all situated, lined up took my shot, and absolutely blew the top of her shoulders out. Dropped her in her tracks, but she was still alive. Holy emotional wreck. And I was like, Mom, what do I do? Like, do I shoot it again? Do I, what, do I stab it? Like, now what? And she's like, just relax. Take a breath. You've dropped her. She's not going anywhere. Regroup. Take a breath take another shot. All right. Regroup, take my other shot. Good to go. So we texted Ran, was like, okay, we got a doe down. But next thing you know, out walks a spike. So we were like, what the heck is going on? And this spike literally would not leave. I think we gave it like 25, 30 minutes and we're like, we have to do something. And so when we texted my stepdad, now here's the fun part of communication nowadays, right? Service out there is terrible. I don't know if he was getting our text messages, you know, out of order or anything like that, but um, he told me to shoot it. So I shot it. And perf I honestly thought that I missed it completely and that it just took off. I was like, this was not exactly how I figured this to go. I am way emotionally drained right now. Let's just go see my doe. <clears throat> so we get down there before all the guides came back. Um, they went and did their rounds, picked everybody up. There was probably like five or six other guys that were there um, with us. Me and my mom were the only females. Um, and then a few guys from work as, uh, or from our hometown as well. And um, so... We went down there, and we walked up on that poor little thing, and it was a freaking button buck. Oh, my gosh, my heart broke into a million pieces. And I literally sat there with that poor little thing's head in my lap crying for, like, 25 minutes and just thanking God that at least on that second shot, I was able to take it out of any misery that I had put it in and was just thankful that it was over. And I, at that point, told myself that I would never again rush anything because I actually later found out that sometimes button bucks and spikes will hang out together. So if you see one and the other, don't, don't go for it. For instance, don't take a button buck. But just in general, you know, knowing exactly what your target is it was a huge, huge, huge learning curve for me. Um, I, I will not touch my weapon that I have with me while I'm hunting until I absolutely 100% can confirm exactly what I'm looking at. Um, thankfully the other deer that I shot, it was a perfect heart shot. Um, they found it, I think like 25 yards, um, into the woods from where we were. So, I mean, from where I was sitting, it was only about 150 yards that, in distance. Um, and 
actually the next day my husband got his first doe so that was really exciting That's awesome. yeah we we killed at the beginning of the week and then the rest of the week kind of dwindled out but we had an absolute blast but just ah that button buck man it killed me <laughs> it was tough it was tough yeah you, you know i don't know if you listened to the podcast that we put out uh, recently with Leighton and we shared our first stories, but, uh, you know, Leighton's encounter was pretty similar to that. I kind of had an abnormal encounter in the sense that there wasn't, you know, that second shot or the jitters got in the way. Um, but that's abnormal. That was, you know, no, you know, <sighs> there was a man that mentored me in, in hunting a lot and his name was Mr. Griffin. And he told me, he said, Walter, the best, you know, you know how you get to kill a lot of deer. And he said, and I said, what? And he said, the first, killing the first one and then killing the second one. And he basically, the moral of the story was you get better by doing whatever it is that that's going on. You know, you, you had practiced, you had done everything right. Jitters got the best of you, but you were able to follow up with a, with a quick, clean uh, finish. And honestly, that story, I don't want to, I don't want to say this in sound too, it could have gone a lot worse. I've yeah. heard a lot of stories where it's not you don't you're not able to get that quick follow-up shot and that's that's awesome kudos to you and kudos to your mom for helping calm yes. you down and kudos to you know, mama as always there you go <laughs> yeah there you go that's awesome yeah so so the the secondary shot that was a spike is that correct yes it was a three-point spike okay. um we <clears throat> got it all cleaned and everything and um he <clears throat> excuse me um, my stepdad actually took it back with him, um, and he does his European mounds, I guess, a little bit different, where he buries them and just lets the earth do its thing for a whole year, and it came out awesome. I can't I can't wait to take it home with me. <laughs> That's awesome. My little baby three-pointer. Have you seen it already? Yes, it looks awesome. It, it actually looks like they, it's like a coffee stain almost. It's really cool. Oh, neat. Yeah. You'll have to send us a photo of that because I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd love to maybe do that with some of my others. My wife is always looking for something a little little different. The compromise yep. that we ha- that her and I have struck is I, she doesn't like to see the fur on the wall. Like, she doesn't like the shoulder mount. Mm-hmm. And I feel like mounting it, um, mounting it is not a source of pride, even though I do feel some pride in, in doing that. I feel like it's also another way to honor the beast, you know, so like to, to put everything to use, right? That's what we always say. We use every bit of it you can. Well, if you got something that's very attractive and can be used in a decorative way or, or uh, let's face it, as time goes on, the memories start to fade a little bit, you know, we, we don't like to admit it. You know, we always say, oh, I can remember it was like it was yesterday. Well, you start to forget little things here and there. But... Yeah, yeah. So by able to being able to look up at that, you know, I've got you know my biggest deer is in the in the living room. My wife's allowed me to put it in there, and it's a European mount. It's on a pedestal, and I sit there every day. I it's right next to the bar. Every day I pour a drink. I see that 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 rack, and I'm like, God, I remember. I, I, I remember it before, but I remember it so much more vividly. Like I remember when I looked up in the in the sunlight and saw that rack and went, "Boom, shooter! Yeah. We're in business." <laughs> you know, like I, I remember how that made me feel, yep. and, and I don't ever want to forget that. So exactly. I think that's something else a lot of people don't understand. Yeah, you know, kind of touching back on what we said. So yep, all goes back to that connection, you know. So Leighton, unless you have a question, I've got a couple follow up questions for Jamie, and then we've. To be sensitive to her time, I'm going to let her uh, let her go here in a minute. Do you have anything that you want to ask her? Not really. I think she did a lot better job than I would have done. Um, oh, you me blush. Dude, she did better than us on our first, like, four go-arounds. Oh, God. Yeah. Thank God. Because I'm dying <laughs> over here. <laughs> like... No, no, you've done terrific. I'm sitting over here like, gosh, we need to – we need to have her on the show more often because you just, you've got a great presence. I, I, I'm so glad you came on the show. Um, okay. So I've got a couple questions for you. This is kind of like a little rapid fire. I like to do at the end. Um, one, you mentioned you're prepping this year, big time for three deer. What are you doing cliff notes to prep for your 2017 season? (sighs) Well, this year is going to be interesting. Um, majority, let me rephrase that. All of my hunting this year will more than likely be on public land. 
Um, the reason being is we are Me moving. too. Me too. Yay. So we'll see how this goes. But um, so we're moving back down. I think I mentioned this a little bit before, but back down to North Carolina in about like 29 days or so now. Um, so with that, about three days later, I think is when bow season starts. Um, so a lot of my research and planning as far as like where I'm going to try to hunt this year, um, different things like that. Um, I've done a lot of research on how to find the best places, you know, based on aerial, aerial views from Google maps and, you know, things like that, um, to kind of try to figure it out. But other than that, I mean, I am out shooting my bow at least five times a week. Um, I actually finally, uh, what was it, three or four days ago, I think, pulled back. Maybe it was even a week ago. I don't. The days are blurring together at this point, getting ready for this move and stuff. But um, I finally made my first heart shot on my 3D buck uh, last week. I Congratulations. Think. Yes, at what was it? 30 yards at 40 pounds, which was my first big goal for pulling for getting my bow was to be able to even pull back 40 pounds. So yay me. That's awesome. Yeah. I was That's really awesome. Excited. So, all right. My next follow up question is simple. If you could go back to day one, when Jamie decided that she was going to take on this wonderful adventure called hunting, what one piece of advice, what singular piece of advice would you tell that Jamie going into uh, that experience? What would you share with her? I don't know if I could pick one thing because I think they kind of go hand in hand, but practice and patience. And the reason being is because I am actually the type of person that is, if I decide that I want something, I get very eager <clears throat> to get it and sometimes forget that the practice is what makes that goal happen. And sometimes I think, and I think most people can agree, you kind of let yourself go back a little bit and then you go out to do the same thing and you're like, what the heck? Like I'm not, for instance, let's say I go out shooting on Monday and I'm doing awesome I'm like, okay, well, I'll give myself a day's rest, and then day's rest turns into three days rest, and then I go back to shooting, and I'm like, what the heck is going on right now? Um, that's probably the biggest, biggest thing for me is just be patient all the time. Be patient when you practice. Be patient when you hunt. Be patient when you're getting out to hunt. It, every aspect of it, just wait for, not wait, go for what you want and be patient for when it's going to happen. And I tend to agree with that because that's my biggest problem is Walt knows when Leighton wants something, he goes and gets it. So whenever you have to wait, it's not, it doesn't go over very well. Exactly. Um, and it gets frustrating. Like, yeah. really easy. <laughs> it's tough. Well, and it's not that, it's, it's, it's super encouraged today. If I want to talk to you, Jamie, I hit you up three different ways. <laughs> Skype, text message, you know, whatever. I, I There's, it's, it's everything's immediate and hunting is yep. not immediate life exactly. the processes exactly. of life are just not immediate so that i think that's incredible advice and honestly if if i could go back and tell myself something even if it doesn't pertain to hunting but just you know life in general yeah. what you just said probably would save me ample fingernails oh you know just like just yeah. little things like just slow down it, 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 it the, probably the five minutes be bigger deer yeah, yeah yeah well yeah, well, like that 170, right, Layton? Building off of that, imagine if I had, like, even just had one more year of experience or, you know, had done a little research and knew that spikes and bucks hang out with each other a lot of the time. If I had waited another 20 minutes for both of those two deer to come out, what would have came out behind that? I will right. never know. I will sure. never know. Yeah. And that drives me well, nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I've had I had one of the biggest deer in my life run by me because I had headphones in my head and I was watching Duck Dynasty on my BlackBerry back in high school. Probably 160. I've done this. I've done this. I did that football game once. Buck, come by with a yep. doe, which it didn't matter. I mean, yep. I had plenty of time to try to stop him. Like I hollered at him and yelled at him and whistled at him. He wouldn't stop. He was it was during the rut, but that was yeah. Golly. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was watching a Georgia-South Carolina game back, uh, I don't know, 10 years ago, and I was deer hunting with the bow. Hadn't seen anything all day. It's a Saturday evening. I'm watching the game on my phone. 
it wasn't 10 years ago. Then it was like five years, five years ago. Um, (laughs) And I'm sitting there and Georgia scores and I went, yes, like this. And three deer in front of me were like, nope, (laughs) gone, man. And they were sitting, they were sitting right in front of me, just chilling, just chilling. So um, the struggle is real. I tell you. So my final question, and then I'll let you get on with your evening because it's been a long day, I'm sure, for everybody. It's past my bedtime, Walt. Dude, it's way past my bedtime, too. I'm right there oh, with whatever. you, I'm about to get you out of here. Yeah, it's true. Um, if you could give, kind of building on the previous thought, if you could give one piece of advice to other ladies getting involved in the sport, this hunting community, what one piece of advice would you give to them? Would it be the same advice, or would there be some kind of um, uh, learning curve? No? If I could give any ladies out there any advice as far as thinking about getting into hunting, that was the question. That was the question, right? Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, just do it. Screw what everybody else says. If it's something that you think that you're going to enjoy or something that you could be prideful of knowing that you're harvesting animals. You're the only one that's touched animals that's going to feed your family. Just go freaking do it because the feeling of being able to do that, A, is amazing, and B, let's be real, who doesn't love proving people wrong? <laughs> that's about <laughs> as pointed and direct an answer as you could get right there. I love it. Jamie, your enthusiasm is remarkable. I, I feel like you are outdoor savvy well beyond your, your limited experience, and I think that it's only a matter of time before all the success hits you, and And I, I really hope that you'll come back on this show Absolutely. and at the end of the season. grace us with more stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah at the end of the season. Let's know how it goes. See how and, and I'll tell you three something. Three deer go, three, oh God, say that ten times fast. Three deer go goes. <laughs> <laughs> three deer go on public land goes. There you go, yeah. And, and you know, here's the deal. Jamie, whether you kill something or not, I want you to come back on the show if you'd, if you'd be willing and just tell Absolutely. us about those experiences and share because, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be on the same path as you this year. I'm 90% hunting public land, yep. and I have a two-deer. Uh, let me revise that. I'm going to kill three deer on public land this year. Oh, uh, Now that he the bar's been standing. bar on us right now? But, uh, I just want to yeah. kill one deer. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Jamie, if, we had talked about this. This is a bar <laughs> hot. My, my bar well, is we've, high. <laughs> well, Jamie, if you'll hang on for a second, I'm going to close this out. And I just want to chat with you for a second after we get off here. Y'all, I, I know I feel like I, my life's been enriched by talking to somebody as enthusiastic oh. and, and, and passionate about this. So if you felt the same way, there's an awesome button at the, at the top of wherever you're listening from. It's a subscribe button. Hit that subscribe button. Give us a like. Give us a, re- a review. And and uh, I encourage you to find uh, Jamie on Instagram. Um, Jamie, what's what's your Instagram handle? Uh, at JL Batch, B-A-T-C-H underscore. Boom. <laughs> Follow her. I guarantee you she'll bring some joy and, and, and some outdoor experiences to, to your Instagram feed. And, uh, Jamie, I just want to thank you one more time. Thank you for coming on and, and speaking with us. It's been great to have you. Absolutely. I'd love to come back. Well, you got an open Y'all be invitation. Good. <laughs> yes. Any any day. Yay. Well, y'all be good. I'm Walt. I'm Layton. I'm Jamie. See y'all next time. There you go. <laughs> there you go, see? There you go. I love it. I love it. All right, y'all be good. You said it at the same time. That kind of sucks. <laughs> <laughs>